Welcome to the BC Podcast, featuring a weekly message from Believer's Church in Warren, Ohio. For more information, visit www.believers.cc. I get to finish out our series called How to Hear God's Voice today. I'm so excited about it. Honestly, this has been one of my favorite series of all time uh, because it, it really is a, kind of a reset spiritually in my relationship with God. And I don't know about you, but sometimes I can almost just miss out on the most important thing. And I can go through the motions of Christianity and I can miss out on God's voice. And that's everything when it comes to our relationship with God. And so today I wanna talk to you about finding your voice. How do we find our voice? And I've always been fascinated by voices, but the more that I've kind of studied them for this series, it kind of blows me away. Have you ever thought about this? There are 7 billion voices in the world north of that, and there's no two voices that are exactly the same. Unbelievable. And you start to think about like, man, I can identify someone's voice by them just saying, hey, like, like there's something embedded in their vocal signature that resonates with my brain and I can pick up on the slightest difference. And if we spend a lot of time with people, we can pick up on others who are mimicking their voice because we can just detect there's something slightly off about that voice. And uh, the, the people that you're gonna sound the most similar to are obviously your family members. So maybe it's your brother or your sister, your mom or your dad, because genetically that's where most of the traits that shape and form your voice are handed down. And my brother and I, we always get mistaken for each other's voices over the phone. And fun fact, I came to church yesterday and I had this brand new jacket that I picked out and I see my brother and he walks in with the exact same jacket. I'm like, come on, bro, take it off, take it off. That's not fair. And he's like, I got it at a different place. And I'm like, either way, either way. And so we're just on the same wavelength and it works that way with your voice. There's all kinds of different factors that contribute to why you sound the way that you do. And so it might be the shape of your palate, uh, your skull, your tongue, your cheek, every part of you. I mean, it's even your windpipe and the amount of air that you have coming through your lungs, your lung capacity, the shape of your body, all of it works together to shape and form this unique thing that you have called a voice. And that's why it's so silly for us to try to mimic and imitate other people's voices because God made you to be you, not somebody else. And I'm convinced of this. I really believe that God is saying the same thing through all of creation. He's just saying it in a unique way through each of us. And so today I wanna help you to find your voice. What would that look like? How would we actually let that play out in our life? And I wanna start by looking at somebody that probably has one of the most recognizable voices in all of scripture. His name is John the Baptist. Now, when you start ranking some of like the all-time followers of Jesus, John's like right at the top of the list, right? I mean, not only is he like the half cousin of Jesus, which has to boost your street, street cred a little bit, you know? But, but he also, he was prophesied about hundreds of years before he ever came onto the scene. And this is what the prophet Isaiah says about him. It's quoted in Luke 3, 4 through 6. Isaiah had spoken of John when he said, he is a voice shouting in the wilderness. And listen to what he's shouting. Prepare the way for the Lord's coming. Clear the road for him. The valleys will be filled. The mountains and hills made level. The curves will be straightened and the rough places made smooth. And here's the result when all this happens. And then all people will see the salvation sent from God. Now, I believe this is a blueprint for what our voice exists to do. This is why we have a voice and why God has given me a voice that resonates with some people, but he's given you a voice that resonates with other people. My voice can cut through the noise in certain spaces in this world, but your voice can do it in others. And I think it's by design. And did you notice 
that John, he is shouting one thing. He's shouting, prepare the way so people can see salvation. So in other words, it's the sound of his voice that leads to the sight of salvation. And I love this. John got to prepare the world for the first coming of Jesus. Guess what? You and I get to prepare the world for the second coming of Jesus. That's pretty amazing. Can we give it up for Jesus in God's house this morning that we get to be a part of that? That's phenomenal. Now that sounds all well and good to somebody that lives in 2017, but this would have been even cooler and even bigger of an idea to somebody that lived in Isaiah's time or John the Baptist's time because the terminology that they're using here to describe John is the same terminology that they would use to describe a very important person in a kingdom. And he was called a herald and not the guy down the street, but like a herald from a kingdom. They were pretty impressive. They had one job. They would actually come ahead of a city and they would announce the arrival of the king. And more importantly, they would prepare the city for the king. They kept the city focused on the king. And this was a big job. And so they were kind of like a modern day inspector would be. And so they would show up in town a couple weeks before, maybe a couple months. If the king was coming and the city wasn't ready, they might even come a whole year before the king was going to arrive there. And they would look at everything. I mean, no stone was left unturned. And so they would go to all the different parts of the city and they would make sure that the places where the king was going to stay, his living quarters, that they were immaculate. They would make sure that the people that were gonna be preparing the food for the king, that they were vetted and that their meals were actually good. I mean, everything had to be fit for a king. He had to prepare the way. And I've read this my whole life and I never fully understood what the terminology meant. But when they say every valley will be raised up and every mountain made low and every rough place made smooth, this is actually referring to what a, a herald would do. He would lead a construction crew out into the, the city and even beyond that into the country where the roadways were and they would literally move earth to make sure there was nothing obstructing the path of the king. Their biggest question they were asking was what's in the way and what is keeping the king from coming into my city? And you have to imagine this, if you lived in a small region and, and the, the kingdom was huge and massive like the Roman empire, this might be the only time in your life that you get to see the king. And so it was a huge deal. And for weeks and months and maybe even a full year, everything they did revolved around this one idea. Every resource that they had went towards making the city better. Every conversation in relationship, all of it revolved around how are we gonna be prepared for the king to come? And I just wanna ask you, are, are you making it easy for the king to come into your life? Another way to say it would be, is my voice making Jesus more visible in my life, in my relationships, on my social media accounts, at the job? I mean, everywhere that I go, is my voice making Jesus more visible? And it's why we have core values like this one. We build bridges, not barriers. Because I don't know about you, but I think we all kind of know that, that one Christian, they mean well, but like, they're not doing Jesus any favors. You know what I mean? Like, it's kind of like, ah, stop talking on God's behalf. I don't think that's how he sounds. And I'll give you a good example. Like I have never seen one picketing sign or one protest lead someone to Jesus. And I'm not exactly against any of those things happening, but can we all agree? That's not the thing that opens up someone's heart to want to change. It's God's kindness that leads us to repentance. And if we look back to John, John never skirted around the truth. Can we agree on that? I mean, he preached the baptism of repentance for crying out loud. I mean, he would tell people the truth. But I want you to notice when Jesus came on the scene, John got out of the way. His voice made Jesus more visible. Jesus steps into, uh, into this place and all of a sudden they're at this river. And what does John say? 
he says, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. And then as soon as Jesus is there, John immediately defers to him and he says, I'm not even fit to tie your sandals. And John was the one that was more known at that time. But John was really quick and really careful to make sure that his voice was making Jesus more visible. I'll give you a good example of this. There's, uh, there's some cool things that have been happening in our student ministry called Paramount. So this is for students 6th through 12th grade. We just had like one of the most amazing weeks in the history of Paramount. Uh, we had our costume party. Tons and tons of kids went, and um, it's amazing. So if you're like in 6th through 12th grade, or you have kids or grandkids, and they're not going to Paramount, get with the program. Like, you're missing out. It's amazing, and you need to come. And I would love to. I'm, I'm there almost every week, and I know our student pastors and our team would love to make you feel right at home. But they have been praying for years about how can we get church to people that won't often step into church as a first step. Yeah, maybe they, there's just a lot of barriers that people have put up because they've maybe had a bad experience at church. And they're just like, I don't know that I want to know this God you're talking about because I don't see him affecting your behavior. And so we just, we've been praying, like, how can we get into the schools? Well, student pastors aren't allowed to go into the school. They can't start groups, but you know who can? Students. And so um, we started this thing called the Mount on Campus. And we have some students, some very brave and bold students that are like, I will actually lead a lunch group. And then when they lead the lunch group, we actually have the open, uh, the green light and the open door for our pastors to come in at lunchtime. And they can have like Paramount right there on campus. The first week at one of our local schools, uh, we had 44 students come between three lunch periods. The second week we had 46, and I think that's pretty cool. And guess who's leading it? It's this young lady and her name is Cassie Shope. Is Cassie here? Uh, Cassie's right there. Can we give it up for Cassie, man? She's in the service. Pretty awesome. You'll see a picture of her on the screen too if you can't see her. But Cassie is actually the one that is leading this group. And guess what? This last Wednesday, Cassie preached the message. Come on. And so she's preaching to her students. And at the end of each of the lunch periods, she gave um, an opportunity for people to receive Jesus. And guess what? 18 people came to know Jesus for the first time because Cassie's voice made Jesus more visible. Come on. Proud of you, Cassie. That's awesome. And um, we have another young man named Josh who's doing this at another school, and we're going to just keep growing this. Boardman, this is coming to you in 2018. Get ready. And uh, here, here's what I know. The more that we can get out of the way and the more we can start building bridges to Jesus instead of barriers, the more people are going to come to know Jesus Christ. And so how do we find our voice? Like, what does that process look like? I want to talk to you about that for just a couple of minutes. And I'm convinced of this. We will never find our voice until we find his. In other words, we're never going to be able to speak for God until we hear from God. It's just the way it works in a relationship. So I want to talk to you about finding his voice. And I think it all boils down to this one word. It's communication. Now, I am a communications major from the Youngstown State University, go Penguins, and uh, I got to graduate with, uh, with my degree in interpersonal communications. And so it's one of my passions, and it's one of the things that I think helps a church like this move. And in any, any relationship that thrives, you've got to have communication, right? Now, I've been married, I mentioned to my wife, for over 10 years now this December. And one thing I can tell you is I've known her for a long time, but I don't always hear her, and I don't always understand her. And uh, if I could just maybe give a word of advice to uh, some of the newly married guys in the crowd, or maybe some of the single guys that are going to be married someday, there's two things you need to understand about women. And nobody knows what they are, but, uh, <laughs> but <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. It's a joke, kind of. <laughs> 
it's kind of a koji crack, right? And it comes with time and work in a relationship. I'll give you a good example. Uh, this summer, we were getting done with church. And one of the realities that you just have to know, like for a pastor is they're usually one of the first people to come. They're one of the last people to leave. I was a pastor's kid, so I know the drill and you just kind of get comfortable. And uh, my kids are good sports about it. I think they actually kind of like it, but they're used to coming to all three services and they watch one volunteer crew shift out and the next one come in. I mean, they just stay in between all the services and, and they just kind of camp out and have a good time. And there was this one moment this summer where my wife told me she was gonna take the kids home. And so I was just moseying along, talking to everybody. And I finally get into my car and I'm enjoying the weather and I'm driving home probably beneath the speed limit, just kind of like in my own zone. It's about 45 minutes after service is done. I pull into the driveway and you know that moment, dads, when you're all excited that your kids are gonna like be, you know, jumping on you and saying, dad's home. I was ready for that. And so I opened up the door and it was eerily quiet. <laughs> and I was like, hey, where is everybody? And I turned the corner and my wife is like, where are our children? And, and I looked at her equally bewildered and I said, tell me where our children are because you told me you were gonna pick them up. And she said, no, you weren't listening. You were supposed to pick up our kids. Anybody ever left your kids at church? Hello, <laughs> amen in the house of God. So, <clears throat> so I, I sprinted back in my car. I didn't break the speed limit. I know there's some police officers in the audience. I definitely didn't speed, but I went there quickly and I called Pastor Bruce and I was like, Pastor Bruce, I am so sorry. This doesn't happen all the time, I promise. And he's like, it's cool. We were just drafting the adoption papers. We were gonna take it from here. <laughs> and uh, my kids were just, you know, like scar. I like, it's three months. I, they're finally learning to forgive me. Can you pray for their healing? <laughs> uh, but communication takes work. And we all agree, like that's just a part of it. And I think sometimes we have this idea that, that our relationship with God's just gonna like go from here to there in, in the first week. But the reality is if we had two perfect people in this relationship, it would work great. But we have one perfect person in God and then there's us and, and we have to learn to listen. And we have to learn to tune into the sound of God's voice. And that takes some work. And so communication is a huge part of it. And so. Here's the next thing I really believe we have to do. I believe we have to grow into our voice. We have to grow into our voice. I, I love Treat Trek Weekend because there's so many cute little munchkins walking around. You know, like the, the kid that they're so cute, you just wanna like hurt them. Like you just wanna squeeze their cheeks. And you know, people used to do that to me and I didn't get it. But now that I've had kids and I see, they're just so cute and their voices are just like so squeaky. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's amazing. Well. I remember the moment that changed for me and I hit this kind of awkward stage. Everybody remembers the awkward stage. As a young Italian man, I was shaving at the age of nine. So that was the reality there. <laughs> Zits were popping out in all kinds of places. And, and here's the weird thing for me. I looked like a full grown man, but my voice had not changed yet. I sounded like a 10 year old girl. And so that was difficult for me because I used to pick up the old landline, you know, with the cord that you could wrap around your arm 50 times with the, you know, the coiled wire. And, and I, would, I would do my best impression of like my dad because I was like, I just want to sound like dad. I want my voice to be deep and booming and have some bravado. And, uh, and I would try my very best and it would come out, hello? <laughs> and and I, it happened like once a month. I'm not even exaggerating. One of my mom's friends would be on the other end of the line and they would say, hey, Gina, how you doing? I'd be like, no, no, it's not Gina. And then they would always lie to me to make me feel better. They'd be like, oh, honey, it was probably just the reception. And I'm like, no, it's a landline. It's always good. And, and so, <laughs> but I'll never forget. I'll never forget the moment where my voice changed. 
and all of a sudden things were looking different. And um, that awkward period though is, is difficult. And sometimes we gotta get through the awkward to move forward. And I just want you to know that you're in good company. Uh, Cause sometimes I think like we're the only ones who feel like, God, I have something that I want the world to hear, but it doesn't seem like anybody's ready to hear it. It doesn't seem like anybody's taking me seriously right now. And I just want you to know there's a process and every person in the Bible that did big things for God went through this process of growing into their voice. I'll give you a great example. Here's Samuel. We talked about him in week one of this series. And Samuel was gonna one day be a prophet to the entire nation. And he was gonna do big things for God. But listen to what it says in 1 Samuel 2, 26. And the boy Samuel continued to grow in stature and in favor with the Lord and with people. Even though Samuel was in training to be somebody that literally changed the world, did you notice that there were two groups of people that he had to prove himself to? Two groups of people that he had to grow into his voice in front of him. One was God and then the other was people. Because even if you have something valuable to say, you have to earn the trust of the people that are listening. And that comes with time and growth and maturity. And it not only happened for Samuel, it happened for John. We've been talking about John the Baptist. Listen to this, Luke 1.80. And I want you to listen to the pattern here. They all say the same thing. And the child grew and became strong in spirit, and he lived in the wilderness until he appeared publicly in Israel. And I noticed this with people that have aspirations in ministry to do big things for God. Everybody wants the publicity. Nobody wants the preparation. Everybody wants the mic, but nobody wants the maturity. I mean, that's just a symptom of the culture that we live in. But I love that even Jesus had to submit to this process. I mean, think about this. This is Jesus, like he's half God, half man, and he submits himself to the process of being hidden and waiting for 30 years before anybody hears his voice. Luke 2.52 says it this way, and Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and Man, and so are you noticing a pattern here? I just, want you to, I just want you to know this. If you've kind of been feeling like, man, I know I've got something to say, but nobody's listening to me. When your voice is ready to be heard, God will amplify it. He always does. God will find you when your voice is ready to be heard. I don't think Morgan Freeman came out of the womb narrating the Shawshank Redemption. I just don't, right? Like, I think that he had to go through a process. And if you actually hear him interviewed, he's obviously probably the most iconic voice in cinema history. And, and one of the things that he said was, it took time for him to develop his voice to a place that we all know it to be. And so it wasn't just the good times and the easy stuff, it was the pain. It was the problems, it was the process. All of that stuff led to the grit and the tone and the timber in his voice that contributed to the voice we know and love. And if he would have reached for the mic before he had matured his voice, he never would have had the platform he had to share it with the world. I think this is what God is saying to all of us. And I think God has something unique to say through you, but I think you gotta grow into your voice. And so here's where I wanna wind down today. I wanna talk to us about this idea that I think most of us struggle with. It's a question I think all of us are asking in our journey with Jesus. It's, what do I do when I can't hear God speak? Because we all know those moments where it's like, man, God is so loud and clear, so real to me right now. I could never deny his existence in this moment, but I think there's just as many moments, probably more if we're honest, where it's like, God, I don't hear you speaking at all. All I hear are my problems and the challenges, and it feels like you've gone dark on me. And, and Jesus... He actually went through this very moment. 
this very problem. And I want to take a look at how Jesus navigated through this problem. Now, you have to remember that Jesus' first day in ministry was a pretty grand one. He waited 30 years, but he had a pretty awesome coming out party. You remember John says, behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. And there are hundreds, if not thousands of people that are gathered around. And all of the sudden, God comes out of heaven and speaks this word about his son. Listen to what it says, Mark 1, 11. And a voice from heaven said, you are my dearly loved son and you bring me great joy. And, and just a side note to you dads, this is, this is modeling the voice of validation from a father. And one thing I can thank my dad for, one thing that he did incredibly well is he validated me in front of other people. You, you wanna have a son or a daughter that's secure in their relationship with you and with God and in their identity, get good at praising them in front of other people. Because have you ever been around somebody that just starts talking you up and there's an audience? And it's like, it doesn't matter how dumb you think you are or how many horrible things you've done. All of a sudden you're like, yeah, I am pretty awesome. Like there's something about it that just makes you stick your chest out a little bit. And, and you know what? Dads of, of young girls, the, your young lady is never gonna fall victim and fall prey to this guy that's whispering sweet nothings to her if you've gotten ahead of the curve and you've been validating her for years anyways. Just, to, just that's for free as a dad of a six-year-old girl that's already got guys coming to knock and uh, <laughs> pray for me. Okay, I digress. Now I want you to think about this. This is day one of Jesus' ministry, but in the very next chapter, led by the Holy Spirit, God takes Jesus into the wilderness and there's no voice of God to be heard for 40 days and 40 nights. And there's temptation, no food, no water. The only voice as a matter of fact that he hears is the voice of the enemy, the tempter, the liar, the accuser. And he had a decision in that moment. He could either listen to the lies that the enemy was showing him or even in the moment when he couldn't hear God speaking, he could hold on to what God had already spoken. And this is what God's asking us to do. In the moments when he goes silent and in the moments when we wish he was speaking louder for us to hold on to what we heard. And even though the enemy was telling him lie after lie, he knew enough about God's voice because of the moments he had spent with him that he could combat that with the truth. We've got to hold on to what we've heard. Now, a couple weeks ago, I was going through Dunkin' Donuts. I go through there often, not for the donuts, don't judge me. I go there for the coffee and every now and then a munchkin or two, okay? Don't judge me. And so I was going through Dunkin' Donuts in a couple minutes and I thought I'm gonna be a kind husband and I'm gonna ask my wife, does she want a drink? And so I texted her and about 15 or 20 minutes go by and I'm not hearing anything from Aaron. And so I get to that point in the line, you know, where it's like, oh no, I gotta make a decision. I'm gonna have to decide for her. And I don't know about you husbands, but that doesn't always go well for me when I kind of like try to guess what she would want. It's a swing and a miss every time. And so I'm sitting there and I'm like, maybe I just won't order her anything. And then all of a sudden I just started to think, even though I can't hear Aaron speaking right now, I have sat in the drive-through next to her hundreds of times. I've heard her give her order thousands of times at different places. I bet I could think about this. And in that moment, all of a sudden, it was like the Holy Spirit helped me. And it was like hot peppermint tea, six packets of honey. And I was like, ding, 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 that's it, that's the one. And so I got to the ordering station and I was like, I will have a hot peppermint tea, six packets of honey, not five packets of honey, not seven packets of honey, six packets of honey, please make it snappy. And I was so proud of myself when I got home and I handed her her tea and she was proud of me too. And I've failed many times since, but I give glory to God for that one moment where I could remember what my wife wanted. And here's, here's what I'm saying. 
I didn't have her voice in my ear, but I knew what she valued. I, I knew what I had seen her order a bunch of times. And I think that's what God is saying to all of us. And some of you, you're in the middle of a tough time in your marriage. You've just gone through a divorce or, divorce or you're walking through a separation. Some of you don't know what to do. You don't have the answer for how to parent your kids or the issue they're dealing with at school. Some of them are being bullied. Some of them are going through some really tough times. Some of you are walking through sickness and disease and you think, you think that God's not speaking and you can't hear him, but I just wanna encourage you, hold on to what you've heard and what you know because we might not be able to hear God's voice all the time, but we can always know what God values through his word and his word is always speaking. We've gotta hang on to what we've heard. So here's where I wanna end. It's interesting when you look at the different ways that God's voice is described in the Bible because in some places, his voice is described as like big and booming. Like they'll, they'll say it's like the sound of mighty rushing waters. It's huge or thunder. It's just big and bold and you can't miss it. But then there are equally as many moments where it is described as still and small. It's a whisper. Now, according to my wife, I am incapable of whispering. Uh, she says, I don't whisper, I just yell in breathy tones. And so we'll be like in a public place and I need to like whisper something to her and I'll be like, hey, can you see that's the guy I was telling you about? And she's like, everyone in the whole place can hear you right now, shut up. And I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. I can't whisper. Now my wife, on the other hand, she's a low talker. And you guys that are low talkers need to cut it out because us deaf people can't hear a word you were saying. And so we'll be in the car and I'll ask her a question and I'll like, wait 30 seconds, I hear nothing. I'll be like, hey, did you hear me ask that question? He's like, yeah, I gave you an answer. And I'm like, I can't hear a word you're saying right now. And she'll repeat it with the same volume. You guys, get, you need healing from that, stop it. And so, but you know what I've noticed about when my wife whispers, does one thing. It makes me come in closer. And I think by design, sometimes God avoids the big booming thundering voice, the flashy thing, because he wants us to come in closer so we can learn to hear his voice. I just want to challenge you. Don't miss out on the whisper because you're stuck on the thunder because God is always speaking. We just have to learn how to listen and learn how to identify his voice. I'm going to ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes here in Boardman. I really believe that God wants to speak to you right now. I really believe that. And if you can honestly say, I don't know if I've ever had that moment, Joe, where I could say, God is speaking to me. I believe that God wants to do it right now. The Bible actually says, if we call on the Lord, he'll answer us and he'll show us great and mighty things. But the first part is you gotta call on the Lord. You have to give him the invitation. You have to draw near to him and then he draws near to you. That's how it works. So right now, just quiet enough for you to hear a whisper you to just invite God to do that. God, we invite you to speak to us, even in whispers sometimes. Lord, help us to find our voice as we find yours. Let our voice make Jesus more visible everywhere we go this week. So while everyone's still in an attitude of prayer, I wanna invite you at both of our locations I wanna give you an invitation probably to the most important thing you will ever hear in your life. This is about your relationship with God. I think so many of us growing up in America, we can go to church and maybe even be baptized and do religious things. And we can miss out on the miracle that it's all about. And that's having a relationship with Jesus Christ. 
And so I just wanna ask you, can you remember a moment in your life where you made it real with Jesus? Where you said, God, I give you my whole life. Jesus, I call you Savior and Lord. And here's one of the, the lies that the enemy tries to tell us, that when we make this decision, then we have to be perfect. We say this all the time. There's no perfect people allowed at Believer's Church. There's no perfect people allowed in God's kingdom. He loves you right where you are, but he loves you way too much to let you stay there. And every day it's a step. And so if that's you and you're like, I can't remember a moment where I gave Jesus control of my life, salvation is surrender. And Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through me. I'm the gate, I'm the door. You made it really simple. We just have to believe it in our hearts and say it with our mouth. Use our voice and we'll be saved. And so I'm gonna lead you in a prayer. So many of us have already prayed that prayer. I want you to repeat this after me. And if you mean it from your heart, I really believe a miracle is taking place and your eternal destination is now heaven. And here's the coolest part. It's not just that one day you're gonna get to heaven. It's that today heaven can get to you and it can change your here and now because God cares about every aspect of your life. And he wants to walk you through this journey with Jesus. So can you repeat this after me here in Boardman? Let's say this together. Dear God, thank you for Jesus. Thank you that he paid the price for my sin when I should have, and he loved me enough to do it. And he'd do it all over again, just for me. I receive your salvation. I call you my savior. I call you my Lord. Jesus, come into my life. I'm a Christian. Amen. Thank you for listening to the BC Podcast. Follow us at A City Connected on Twitter and Instagram to stay updated, inspired, and encouraged.